2: Well, I've been working out the entire time I've been out. You just learning my routine, being a pro. And the um, only thing I'm missing now is the opportunity. So talking to Tibbs,
3: he's looking like he's going to give me the opportunity. So it's all about learning the guys and fitting in at the right time. Uh The uh, Derrick Rose uh, rumors were out there, what, all the way back to last year that uh, he and Tibbs would have a reunion, and we couldn't quite figure out once he got released by Utah and Jimmy uh, Butler got hurt, why uh, he wasn't coming here. Well, uh, found out now that he was about to become a father, and he apparently hung in there with, uh, I mean, it's not the first time he's become a father, but a father again with this uh, gal, Elena Anderson, And, uh, so they, I guess they waited for the uh, baby to come along and they had a baby three days ago and he showed up today for the shoot around. Now, Elena, Derek's a bit controversial. So is Elena. If you look her stuff up back in 2011, she, uh, She sent some tweets out that uh, were construed as being rather impolitic, impolitic, to say the least. But uh, she's, uh, you know, she maybe has matured. And I, uh, I have a hard time getting upset about this, like a lot of people are, because... Let's find out. They need a body. Why not a former MVP? He did. Uh, I was. I, I. hadn't realized how much he played for the Knicks last year. He started 64 games and played a lot of minutes and averaged 18 points a game. Yeah, he's not what he was, but what the heck? They're looking for a body right now.
2: Here, here's the problem I have with it, though. The three biggest issues that this team has right now is shooting, yes, defense, and wing depth. He brings mm-hmm. none of those. He brings none of those. But what would you be able to find on the street? Would you Tony, Allen. To- okay. I, Tony Allen? Okay, Tony Allen
3: guard people. Yeah, Tony
2: Allen can play some defense for you, and he can play. He can he, he adds wing depth for you, and he played for Tibbs. He played under Tibbs in Boston when Tibbs was an assistant. So it's not like there was. It's not like there wouldn't be familiarity there because I get the the idea of wanting to bring Derrick Rose in because it's he's familiar with him. But I I just don't. Th- this to me is like if the Twins. Signed another DH.
3: Yeah. Okay.
2: You know what I mean? I, yeah, like I where, where you're, you're sitting, one, where, where it's like, for what? The the only way this makes any sense to me is if Teague or Tyus gets hurt.
3: Now that, that, is he? Uh, the the question is what's going to be interesting to find out is how much does Rose have the ball in his hands when he's on the court? Huh?
2: And and Tibbs said today that he thinks that those guys can play. Both the one and the two, he, he thinks all four of the point guards, including Aaron Brooks. Which, yeah, I don't know. I mean, know. I I don't. I I just if you're if you're Tom Thibodeau and you're going to roll in to Sunday. I mean, forget about tonight for a second. If you're going to roll into Sunday against Golden State, and you're going to have Jeff Teague and Derrick Rose in the back in the backcourt trying to guard Steph and Clay. <laughs> good luck.
4: They
1: might score a buck fifty. Good luck. <laughs>
3: uh, they, uh, yeah, it, there was. Tony Allen can actually shoot a little better than him. He's not exactly a lighted up three pointer. There was uh, that's what they that's what I would have loved to see him. Yeah, get a three that's pointer, that's that was uh, the
2: guy that I wanted because at least he's a veteran and he can play some defense for. You. He's not a great shooter, but he can add you some defense and some wing depth, which is what you really need right now. One
3: thing we've discovered though, Tibbs is going to do what Tibbs is going to do. Yep,
2: <laughs> yep. What he, it's what uh, It's his guy, and you know, I, I. I kind of in the back of my mind, I thought this was going to happen, but I thought, well, you know, you got, you you got your point, you know, you're fine at point guard. You know, yeah, why? Teague's, why, been,
3: playing, uh, Teague's Teague. been playing his best basketball yeah. since uh, Butler got
2: hurt. Teague, Teague's been playing well. Tyus is a good, really good backup point guard for you. And I just don't see what Derrick Rose let, brings you Let
1: me all. ask it to you this way then. Given the circumstances that this team currently faces without Jimmy Butler, does this enhance or decrease their percentage of making the
2: postseason? I don't think it moves the needle at all. Hmm. I don't think it changes anything.
3: Okay. I think the only thing it does is uh, you can probably uh, maybe get eight more minutes out of your bench, right? I, I don't know because depth know, has been know.
1: an issue with this
3: team. Yeah, well, I mean, right. back it's, it's, an eight, they're back to having an eight-man team, but it it doesn't help the guy I'm worried about. Belly <laughs> playing 35 minutes a night, so uh,
0: yeah, now, it's it's how, how often
3: is he going to go small? I, I I don't know.
2: I I mean, I. I I don't know what I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know how. I mean, you can't you can't roll out there with Teague, Tyus, and Rose at the same time. So you're going to have to. He's going to have to get creative with these minutes because you have a log jam at the point guard. Position Forgive now. me if
1: it's been mentioned, but what's the Patton situation? Is he going to play at all this year? I don't. I don't think he's going to play
2: much really this year. No. Okay, it'll be. Yeah, I mean, they, well, they sent him back to Iowa on. Saturday, he was up. He was up on the That's roster on Friday in Utah, and then they sent him. They sent him back to Iowa. What was
1: that doing? Saturday? Performance or injury or what? I
2: think it was just. Well, it
3: couldn't have been performance. I think Iowa was on a break.
2: Yeah. I think okay. Iowa was on a little bit of a break, and he has not played
3: right a now. minute yet. Right? No, no.
2: he's not played in the game yet. No. Okay.
3: So well, uh, they certainly uh, right now. It's uh, you know he's he's opened himself up for uh, more criticism here because. Rose is going to be looked at as a reason. If he doesn't come in and help, he's going to be looked at as a reason he didn't make the playoffs. When it's, it's, he's probably, as you say, it's probably not going to ne- move the needle in either direction. And but, I'm just uh, speaking in terms of basketball reasons. He's a two-point shooter, you know. Yeah. two-point shooter, and that's the, one of their problems. They don't have any three-point shooters.
2: And I'm just speaking in terms of basketball reasons why I'm not too big on this. I mean, the other stuff. I mean, I I just don't. I don't know how we don't we don't know how healthy he is. I mean, because the injuries have always been there, and he's just is he reliable? Is he going to show up? I mean, he had the deal with the Knicks a couple of years ago where he just disappeared and but nobody knew where the hell he was. But and, it is not, it's not—it's not like
1: they're married to him for three or four no, years. No, they're just I mean, it's, to for it's a not. It's,
2: it's not going to be like a franchise crippling move or anything like that. I just one thing—I just don't see the point. I guess is sure. what I'm saying. I just well, don't. It's get, I don't get the point of it is interesting to
3: me the drama that is unspoken at the moment is if they don't make the playoffs, uh, would uh, Glenn Taylor cut a check for 16 million and get rid of Ooh. tips?
2: Ooh. I don't think I don't think that'll happen.
3: Doesn't he get a
1: pass though because of the Butler injury? Uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I was reading something too that if they don't, which would be bad. Don't get me wrong; it would be really bad if they didn't make the postseason. But they'll keep their draft. Pick they would keep their draft
2: pick that they owe to Atlanta and for they, the
1: they, Adrian Payne trade, and then they would still have the pick they got but from Ricky. They yeah.
3: still have to give him the draft choice eventually, right? Eventually, right but I guess yeah.
1: that would be somewhat of a silver lining. But it would
2: be it, them missing the playoffs this year would just hold that off, hold yes. off that owing Atlanta a draft pick another year.
3: We so. can't blame Tibbs for that one. Nope. Uh, nope. Flip, God love him. I don't know what he was thinking of back then when he made uh, the, this guy's. Uh, this guy is uh, wasn't a player, and he was an old player. Hey, Steve Ashburner will give us some insights. He saw Derrick Rose play a lot of games when he was at his best in Chicago. When we return. Steve Ashburner, NBA.com, is with us. And he's going to be joining Minnesotans in the, over the weekend coming up to see that Golden State game, I understand, sir.
4: Uh, yes, sir. Yep, I'll uh, get a chance to get up there and see uh, see these Wolves uh, firsthand and see the new Wolf, Derek, uh, Derek Rose, firsthand in, uh, at Target Center. So looking forward to that. I'll have to tune in tonight. I did not get my ticket in time for... Uh, for tonight's
3: game, uh, well, uh, Manny Hill here is expressing some doubt that uh, if they play uh, Rose and uh, Teague on the perimeter, they'll have trouble guarding Clay Thompson and Stephon Curry
4: on uh, Sunday. Well, they could they could play uh, just about anybody out there and have difficulty guarding guarding those guys. I mean, um, you know, that's that's the gold standard. But uh, the concern is just on your average night against a mundane opponent whether, um, you know, they're going to have what it takes. I mean, the, the Timberwolves' uh, offense has largely been fine this season. Um, I know Jimmy's out, but, um, you know, Derek Rose As I don't know. I, I don't know how much this is Tibbs and loyalty and almost sort of a um, muscle memory type of move for him versus um, actually helping this squad in what's left of this season, you know, nail down a, uh, what feels like an elusive playoff spot at this stage.
3: What uh, now he, Cleveland hardly played him at all. Was that, uh, was that after they made the trade? Although Isaiah Isaiah Thomas was out forever.
4: Yeah, no, that wasn't, that wasn't it. It was um, uh, Derek got hurt. He had, he'd have little, you know, nicks and knack type injuries and then he, he ended up getting knocked down by Greg Monroe on a game against Milwaukee, and he did something to a, an ankle, and um, he was out for, you know, an extended period of time. And then and then the issue that, frankly, I talked to a couple scouts uh, this week about him, because I anticipated at some point, if he didn't get picked up by a team, writing a story about him, and um, lo and behold, you know, now he, he's with Minnesota, but... The scouts I talked to, they were as concerned about his commitment and, and, and you know, I want to say mental state because that sort of, you know, suggests something clinical. I just mean in terms of, you know, mentally having his head uh, in the game and being willing to accept what he can get out of the game at this point um, because of what happened. I mean, he left the Cleveland team this, this season, he left the New York team unannounced on an AWOL type thing last year. And and that sort of thing had had these scouts wondering if anybody would take a chance. Never mind the physical stuff. I mean, if, if he if he plays and he can't play up to you know standards that you need, it'll it'll show itself rather quickly. But if you're counting on him at least for backup minutes uh, in some capacity, and he takes a powder on you, you know, then that that's a problem too. So look, I I would love to see Derrick Rose. Uh, stick and succeed and if it's with minnesota great because of his old you know affiliation with vivido and taj gibson and jimmy butler but um the odds are against him it's been a while since he's been a, a really helpful player um he accomplished some things and and sort of played for himself and and you know got to a certain level last year with the knicks but that you know the knicks didn't do anything and um it's just, you know, it's going to be difficult. It would be great to see. I mean, it's a sad story given, you know, the trajectory he had so early in his career and, and how that got knocked off, uh, you know, off the rails.
3: Were you there the night he blew out his knee in 2012? Uh, oh, yeah. That, oh. that team was, uh, that went a number one seed, right?
4: That was the first playoff game of the 2012 postseason. The Bulls played a Moon matinee against Philadelphia, They had a uh, fairly comfortable lead late in that game, and Derrick Rose was still on the floor. Now, you know, that sort of was the beginning of of, uh, Tom being questioned for his overuse of players. Yes. And why was he still out there? And uh, you you saw Derrick Rose plant. It was on a a breakout kind of a play. He planted to go up, and and he twisted, and his knee went out, no contact from anybody else. He went down. Doug Collins from the Sixers bench ran out to him and was waving, you know, frantically for help and, and, you know, to get the, the trainers and medical people out there. And, uh, you know, in that moment, the Bulls, um, you know, plan and vision, you know, changed, uh, dramatically and, and, and obviously Rose's career. Yeah. It was, a, you know, and then we all, we, you know, we all hung around. It was a matinee game. So we, we, we all hung around the, uh, The media workroom, uh, stories, you know, poised to hit the button on our machines and and waiting to find out as much as we could. And the word coming back out of uh, uh, Rush Presbyterian uh, Hospital just, you know, a few blocks away, um, I don't know if they had the MRI right then, but uh, there was a lot of talk at that point about, you know, blown ACL. And, uh, you know, you just wanted to say, you know, no way. I mean, the kid had been the youngest MVP in NBA history, One year before, signed, you know, a great NBA contract and an even greater Adidas shoe endorsement contract. And, um, you know, seemed like he was going to, uh, you know, be a real challenger for LeBron James in the East and, and, uh, you know, lead Chicago back to, you know, something approaching the Michael Jordan era. And it it just, you know, it just went down. Uh, you know, the way Derek played, there's a reason that, you you know, people would shake their heads and say, I've never seen anybody play quite like that. And and I think, in hindsight, there's a reason. It, you can't play like that and have your extremities deal with that amount of force and torque, his explosiveness and the way he would just sort of throw himself around with reckless abandon, and, and it just, you know, the twisting of the knees, um, it just really caught up to him with the ACL and, I think, three more uh, meniscus operations.
3: Man, uh, yeah, it's, uh, well, it's the, uh, Minnesota, uh, uh Tibbs isn't terribly popular here with Timberwolves fans right now, and this, uh, this has not helped him. Hey, Ash, great stuff going on in the NBA right now, though. Uh, I watched quite a bit of DeRozan last night, uh, go at it with the Bucks. And uh, that team are, are they uh, are they legit? I mean, everybody talks about. Well, they haven't done anything in the playoffs, but uh, this
4: this has got to be their best team, right? Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, I I thought it was kind of ominous in the in the summer when uh, their GM uh, Masai Ujiri, um, you know, he looked at that roster and rather than do any sort of big overhaul or, or score a big name free agent. He basically said, we got to change our culture. And and I'm looking at Dwayne Casey and I'm saying, "Uh uh-oh, you know, that that sounds like a a bad thing if you're the head coach. And yet, you know, Casey has been able to sort of remodel that team uh, on the fly. They get better efforts and and more scoring contributions from other players. They're not as dependent on a, you know, my turn, your turn, DeRozan and Lowry combination. Um, Those guys have matured and played better. I think Lowry has calmed down and and doesn't have the same chip on his shoulder. He's made a couple all-star teams, and he's gotten paid. And, you know, DeRozan is going to get some MVP votes. And, yeah, that, I, it is their best chance to get to a Finals if they if they can prove they don't have LeBron in their heads. I think that's been a problem in the past. Those two guys in particular, I just felt like they show way too much respect for, you know, granted, he's the best player in the in the world, or certainly he was up, you know, through the uh, the playoffs last year when they faced them, but I don't think they thought they could get past LeBron or that they could get past the referees who might not get past LeBron. That sort of a thing. And and if they can, you know, they can just sort of play their game. Um, yeah, they're 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 in they're in good shape and the best they've been.
3: Hey, the uh, the and looking at their roster, man. Next, they're they're with the Spurs when it comes to finding these foreign guys and throwing them in the European <laughs> guys and throwing them in the lineup, man. There's a there's a I'm always looking, say, okay, now who's this guy?
4: And oh, they, I know, I know. I mean, you know, it takes you half the season just to uh, to get the pronunciation guide for, for these players. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Jakob Pertl. Um, yeah. You know, good luck with that one. Um, <laughs> who's uh who's the offspring of uh you know, Austrian volleyball, national team volleyball players over in Austria. And uh uh Siakam is a guy. I mean, yeah, they've they've really done a good job. And you know what? That's one thing and give give Toronto credit because you know, they've been they've been fighting uphill to get free agents uh, around the NBA you know, to come up and play and live in Toronto. Now, they've done things to deal with, you know, the currency exchange and the and the tax rates and stuff to equalize that all but just the idea and where they have shown great popularity is with the international players that come and play in this league. I and mean, Toronto's a great city if you have oh, been yeah. there. I know you have and, and, and uh, you know, a lot of NBA players love it but particularly the guys that, that you know, have come from overseas and so they've they've sort of, you know, not cornered the market, but they certainly have, have made, made a point to shop amongst those players and, and try to lure as many of those as possible.
3: Hey, would uh, San Antonio be the last place you would expect expected a mysterious situation like the Kawhi Leonard situation with Popovich? I mean, they've always run such a all we're all in this together kind of operation. It's uh, very weird.
4: Right, and usually, you know, the press release comes out and, and there's no straying from it and the corporate way is the way that the player, you know, falls in line. And yeah, it was, it was a little bit, uh, jarring and unexpected from that standpoint. And I, I think maybe that's simply the, the modern NBA catching up with, uh, with the Spurs and, and their quote unquote culture. Um, you know, Kawhi Leonard's a, a valuable player and, and, you know, when a guy is hurt like this, communication often does break down. Um, you know, we mentioned Rose and I remember that 20, 12 thirteen season when you know the second half of it was spent, will Derek play will Derek not play when's he coming back it's been you know ten months since his surgery, eleven yeah. months and he never did come back and no. a team can find itself you know as much in the dark as as media and fans when it comes to that stuff and you know if if Leonard didn't feel right or he didn't you know trust the the evaluations and the medical uh verdict that he was hearing um you can't blame a guy it, unusual injury i mean a quadriceps thing to uh to go on this long, but it sounds like they're getting everything lined up again uh team and, and franchise or, or excuse me player and franchise where um now he's talking about he wants to you know finish his career as a spur and you know so presumably somehow pop must have taken him to a woodshed somewhere. All right, you no. uh, and gotten his mind back with the program. You were
3: around at uh, Tibbs a lot when he was winning in Chicago and things were going good. Uh, this three point game—is he ever going to be able to? I mean, he doesn't have the players now. He didn't build his roster for it. Is he ever going to be able to adjust to this uh, three
4: point game? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it, it's like the Musselman playbook is uh, yes is almost thirty years old uh, NBA wise. Um, uh he better i mean like, you know you have to so, look every year somebody's team is going to finish 30th in in three point shooting attempts and and you know uh percentage and and makes and all that but you don't want it to be you for any you know length of time i mean you you need to sort of you know find those shooters and i mean that was that was part of what was going on in chicago towards the end is you know he allegedly wanted um Doug McDermott, I mean, that's what management will lay off on him because McDermott never panned out in, in Chicago and he's bounced around a couple times since. Um, I know he preferred Gorgie Jang to Tony Snell. Well, Tony Snell had a big three point shooting year last year for the Bucks, got paid and is now, you know, back to being ordinary or worse. So, um, it's not easy to find those guys and just because you, you know, you can, even if you can generate some open shots, if they're not real three-point shooters, you're going to have a problem. We see that in Milwaukee. I mean, the defense has collapsed on Antetokounmpo, and he's able to kick the thing out to the perimeter. But those guys, you know, a lot of those guys are not natural-born uh, perimeter shooters. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, Tom seems open, and we all were told after his sabbatical year that, you know, he's looking at the game differently. He's never going to work any less hard than he than he did. Um, i like him i you know he knows you know the game inside and out nobody puts in more time um i think it's a mystery just never mind the three-point shooting they do need that but you know defensively this is so uncharacteristic for uh Thibodeau teams
3: hey ash uh, have a good weekend back home in minnesota
4: yeah i'm looking forward to getting back there and uh Hopefully, I'll I'll, I'll be there for the next playoff game. I was there for the last one. (laughs) Okay. When was that again?
3: That's (laughs) right. 2004. All right. L.A., baby. We were there together. All right. That's it. That's it. Yes. All right, Patrick. Enjoy Florida. Thanks, Ash. Goodbye. Uh, We shall return. Ride with Ricey. Here is John Height with a
5: sports update. Thank you, Mr. Royce. This update sponsored by Indeed.com. Are you hiring? Join the over 3 million businesses that use Indeed.com for hiring. Post your next job opening on the world's number one job site, Indeed.com a hockey tournament state hockey tournament 2a quarterfinals are going on today. Edina, Easy win over Lakeville North 7 to 1 today and Duluth East shut out St. Michael Albertville 5 to nothing. tonight's round we'll see Hill Murray and number 1 Minnetonka and then Centennial taking on St. Thomas Academy in the last game of the first day. Timberwolves, as you guys have been talking about, announcing Derek Rose signed with the team for the remainder of the season. The move, of course, reunites Rose with Timberwolves coach Tom Thibodeau, who coached him in Chicago. The Wolves, by the way, play the Boston Celtics at the Target Center this evening.
2: There's some rumblings on Twitter that uh, fans think that Derek Rose is going to get booed on, on uh, Sunday when he comes in to play against the Warriors. <laughs> uh,
3: are they saying he's not playing tonight?
2: Uh, I think Tibbs said he might be available tonight, but I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. So. Yeah, I
3: think he's going to dress and he's going to wear number twenty five, but uh, yeah. that would not be very smart for us. No, why, I won't. why I won't would I won't they boo him? I that would be, be very be kind. Ridiculous. Yes.
1: You mean like when we booed Przinsky? <laughs> no.
3: <laughs> Ten well, years yeah, after this, he was this, traded. Yeah. Well, this. But you didn't even know who he. You don't even. You never. That's you true. You had grudges, no relationship. But yeah. he got any grudges against this guy? He never left. He just came. You know. <laughs> we also booed hell?
5: Jeter. We booed Jeter. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah, we did boo Jeter. And no twins action today. They have the rare spring training day off. They'll play Tampa Bay tomorrow. And
1: for whatever reason, they kept booing Lou Ford, which I didn't
2: understand.
3: Yeah,
5: oh. They did that
2: too. <laughs> Jason Kubel too.
1: Yeah, I was,
5: yeah. What are you I saw Kubel jersey
3: today? Some guy walking around looking at the ballpark in really? Yep. Hello.
5: How long have I been working with you, Reavers? Uh, probably too long. You've used that joke I at know. least a half dozen I times. I know. <laughs> I know area. I'm the first
1: person to use the same joke uh, <laughs> twice on this
5: radio station. I apologize. <laughs> They're just
2: saying Boo-Earns.
5: <laughs> uh, our buddy Ben Gessling over at the Star Tribune reporting the Vikings are bringing back safety Anthony Harris for a fourth season. Uh, the 26-year-old Harris back on a one-year, $705,000 tender as an exclusive rights free agent. The former Virginia star and special teams ace has appeared in 34 games the last two seasons for the Vikings. I remember he started when Andrew Sandeo was injured or suspended three games last year. He's also one of a handful of Vikings free agents with the potential to re-sign and remain in Minnesota. Vikings have also placed an exclusive rights free agent tender on running back Mac Brown. One year deal. Mac Brown. The old Texas coach? Never heard of him. He uh, he is a Florida fella. He appeared in 12 games with the Redskins in 2016 17. Uh, The deal for Brown, $630,000.
3: Johnny, we got to go because we got Chris Long reporting from the XL Energy Center when we get back. Chris Long, he can get excited about many, many sports, but uh, following him on Twitter, he gets as excited about the state hockey tournament as any event. Uh, Chris, uh, you had a couple blowouts this afternoon, however. Yeah, but the
0: consolation there is what it may be setting up for tomorrow. Um, you know, I don't play favorites. I'm watching the games for pure Entertainment. But with the four teams that you have, seated so one through four in AA, if they all four advance to tomorrow night it sets up to be two unbelievable hockey games. I got into a big debate earlier today with somebody. Somebody asked me if they thought, if, if, do I think Edina is the most dominant high school hockey team we've seen? I said, maybe, but there's a the 2 seed, So that tells you all you need to know about the top of the field. These may be the best four teams we've seen. So unless uh, Minnetonka or St. Thomas Academy get sucker punched tonight, tomorrow's Class AA semifinals will be absolutely spectacular. These All these teams, all four, have lost two games over the course of the entire season. And they've all beaten each other. Minnetonka beat Adina, Duluth East beat Minnetonka, so it's it's just this jumble that's going to be a lot of fun if it plays out. So it's unfortunate the way the seedings are that there have to be some
3: sacrificial lambs in the corners, but so it goes. Hey, uh, the uh, Sammy Walker kid from Edina, tell me about him.
0: Uh, he's just so fast. You know, so many kids have. You know, that kid's fast. That kid's got good hands. That kid's a pure scorer. Walker kind of has all of them, and and I. I feel like he wasn't, and maybe this is just my own ignorance. I don't feel like he was getting sort of it. we all knew who Casey Middlestat was. We all knew who uh, Kyle Ron was. Um I'm trying to think of some guys outside of Eden Perry, but you get what I'm saying. Walker kind of – I don't feel like was on the radar as much as he probably should be. He wasn't that superstar player, but uh, watching him play, especially today, he took a puck on a shorthanded rush, took it right from one of the Lakeville North forwards in his own defensive zone skated right around the defenseman and then outraced everybody to goal and turned it into a breakaway and had a great finish. He had a goal for assists today and is just maybe not the best high school player at all. Boy, is he well-rounded, though. I mean, he's good on defense. He can skate. He does it everything. And, uh, you know, you really see those guys. That's part of the fun of the state tournament. It's one thing to watch him, you know, in a, in a small rink in December. But once they get here, Guys like that, and this kid Garrett Worth from Duluth East that just put on a display in the last game, uh, that's that's part of the fun of being here this weekend.
3: Yeah, hey, uh, Walker, a junior, senior, and do we know where he's a senior, going? gophers. Oh, he's a gopher, and he's going to Everybody, play Everybody's year, always, juniors?
0: People are already fantasizing about the uh, Walker-Middlestat line that may happen, but... Uh, for that to happen, steps going to have to stick around a little bit longer. I'm not sure if that's going to happen.
3: Yeah, and uh, I, I know that, that this kid's probably going to juniors for a year. That's kind of the new thing they're trying to do at the U, too, right? So, uh, You'd I think,
0: think um, we've seen some more guys playing right away than we did maybe five, six years ago. But, you know, that becomes a conversation between a team, a potential NHL rights holder, parents, so, who I would think... Um, it probably would help him to do a year in years, but I don't. To be honest, I don't know what his plans for the immediate future are.
3: So I would imagine the St. Michael Albertville folks showed up in force for this uh, first uh, trip to the Double A and uh, had a disappointing result, but uh, the buses came rolling in, I would guess, huh? I was
0: walking out. I was here for the first game, the Adina game, and I was going to stay for that second game, but I was walking out as they came in. And I've got some roots in Duluth, so I was seeing some, some old friends coming in for Duluth East. But yeah, it was unbelievable how many people were here for St. Michael Albertville. And that, that's turned into such a cool sports town, right? They love their high school sports there. I mean, they've got a great football team. They have a state championship now caliber wrestling team. Well, they've been that way for a while. Yeah, right. Uh, that's a town that, that loves its high school sports and for them to, to get a chance to come here. Uh, yeah, I saw. Social media blew up when they won their section final. That was pretty big upset. I think everybody thought that. Why am Morehead was was a shoe in to come down yeah. in that section. So a little bit of a sucker punch there in the section finals. That uh, they had a lot of fun with it. It was good to see. They were the only newcomer in. What uh, I think is it the whole field? I know they were the first newcomer, only newcomer in AA this year, but it might have been the whole field. If I'm, hey, if Chris.
3: Chris, I've always said, you know, they you always come out with the urban sprawl studies that are made, and I've always said, uh, you know, you can save yourself a lot of trouble by looking at the football standings because as the uh, as the population goes out, uh, you know, the Eden Prairies come up, and now the St. Michael Albertville in 6A, and uh, you know where the people are going. You don't need urban sprawl studies. Well, and you talk to people
0: now even, and if you've got a 6-year-old that you think is going to be a NFL or NHL player, you're going to want to move south. It's the the Primer Lakes and the Shakopees are, are getting touted in Chanahassin and Chaska. Everybody's saying those are going to be sort of a, the next wave of, of schools to take over as, as powerhouses. So yeah, it's always interesting to kind of see where things move around. But part of the fun, especially with the state tournament is there's always, you know, Beef River Falls, Duluth East, Cloquet when they make it. You know, it's, it's fun to see those towns that kind of are what they are and have always been that way when they get their chance to
3: show here. Hey Chris, I got to ask you a soccer question because you're one of the few soccer people I talk to. Uh, so when when the Minnesota Kicks came here 40 years ago, yeah, they they you know they had a bunch of Englishmen. They had Freddie Goodwin, and we knew within minutes everybody knew who they were. You know the the names. The there was there was an identification. But they might have only had 15 guys on the club, and the, the game was so much less complicated. How do the United get us to know who we're watching here? What, what do they do? What, what is going to happen? That they they got to find a star, Don Lottie or somebody like that. Is that the, is that the secret? To, well, to, you know,
0: it's, it's where soccer is kind of unique in the United States, I mean, it's the only major sport we've got where our league is not at all even close to the best in the world. So, I I follow, you know, I follow Minnesota United both out of wanting to see soccer and because it's my job and they're the local team. But I'll be honest, I am not a huge fan of Major League Soccer. Um, I don't know a lot about any teams other than Minnesota United, Um, but I watch a lot of English Premier League soccer. So I think it's just a weird situation where we, as American sports fans, are so accustomed to just these are the greatest in the world. It's just not the case with MLS, And, and. I got a lot of problems with the way MLS is set up when some of those players do come over, um, you know, maybe in the twilight of their career that were those big-name stars. It's just such a strange situation that it's not an open bidding process. It's not really a draft. The league kind of sticks them where they want to stick them, and it's no secret they do it for larger markets, um, which is a problem for two-thirds of Major League Soccer. So I think that's a big problem, and if they really want to bust through – past you know they are now established major league soccer is now viable it's outdrawing hockey it's outdrawing basketball but if they really want to get a foothold they've got to figure out a way to get enough money and then maybe it's chicken and egg get enough money to get some of these guys that are currently top of the sport and make them want to play here. And it's going to be tough because all those guys are Spanish and
3: English. And, 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 and meanwhile, uh, but the when you get into your new soccer stadium and all the uh, you know all the all the twenty five year olds are hanging out with each other, it's it's probably the event that's going to sell more than the individuals, I would guess. So.
0: Yeah, and you know you hope know, that I think in long term,
3: you know you're
0: planting seeds with somebody takes their 12-year-old and their 10-year-old to a game and the kid loves it, and now they're a big fan and they start following so that 10 years from now when they're out of college or 20 years and they're you know out in the business world, maybe they're buying season tickets and taking their kids. So, you know, it's that slow process. But, you know, some of the most fervent Viking fans I know are the ones that remember seeing games at the Met. And that's sort of where United is now and who the heck knows what global sport, especially soccer, is going to look like in 20 years. But, uh yeah, it's going to take a while before you start getting household names in Major League Soccer.
3: All right. Hey, thanks, Chris, and have a, uh, good re- a good tournament season there. Um, Going in. Can't wait to see tonight's games. Best time of the year. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Talk yeah. to you. Bye. Uh We will be back with sports. Per- no, wait. This day in history. I almost forgot. I got ahead of myself there.
5: Quiet, please. We'll be on the air. And now, this day in history, Patrick.
0: RDI dollar, 9-6 for Frazier. All wrecked 11
3: rounds for, rally, 20, center, for by Frazier. Four rally, Ronnie, Kevin and Phil, the winner, the unanimous decision, and still heavyweight champion of the world, Joe Frazier, for the first time in his career, Muhammad Ali was beaten. 1971, March 8, 1971, uh, Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali fought for the first time. Muhammad uh, in Madison Square Garden, first time Muhammad had been allowed to fight in New York since... Uh, He uh, refused induction into the uh, service for the uh, Vietnam, and uh, he was uh, banned. They they took his license away in New York for three and a half years. Uh, The fight uh, was quite the celebration. Frank Sinatra was at ringside taking photos for Life Magazine. Wow! No, Miles Davis was there in a very attractive suit, uh, and of course Muhammad. Uh, was uh, not quite as sharp as he had been because he hadn't had that much activity, uh, and he came in and Joe Fraser just uh, kind of pummeled him, beat him. I remember watching the fight. Uh, Fraser uh, finally knocked him down in the fifteenth round with a left hook. That was right the, to first, the jaw, first time Muhammad had ever been down in his uh, boxing career as a pro, anyway. And, uh, of course, uh, this set up the two fantastic fights that followed 1974, 1975. Uh, Ali uh, won them both. And the last one, the third fight, uh, October 1st, 1975, the thriller in Manila, uh, when, uh, Muhammad and he fought in a hundred degree weather there. And uh, neither of them was ever the same after that fight. It took so much out of them and it was such a wonderful, brutal battle. Uh, and, uh, that fight, uh, was, uh, remembered as a thrill in Manila because beforehand, uh, Muhammad Ali says, it will be the fight will be a killer and a thriller and a chiller when I get that gorilla in Manila. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so <laughs> love and, him. And, oh man. And Joe. Joe never got the humor of it. Joe took it all very uh well, I think the uh, it goes back to the Uncle Tom stuff, right? Sure. When he first sold that. He tried to sell that before the first fight. I think you could have called Joe a gorilla and all that other stuff, but the Uncle Tom stuff that he made the, that he tried to ridicule him before the first fight did not go over too well with Joe Fraser. But probably the greatest uh, boxing series of my lifetime Ali and Fraser, and Joe beat him the first time.